listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! Alright, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Ghostbusters. Oh, I hear I, I hear something. Wait. Who the fuck was that? Are we are we We got a panel! Whoa, they ghosted in! <laughs> Last time Josh was here, he ghosted in and out. But Josh is joining Shazam. us. Hey Josh, how you doing? Hi. Very well, yourself? Good. And also joining us, Andrea's back. Hi Andrea. Uh, because I'm a masochist, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us are ghosts, but uh, we don't have to talk to them right now. Ghosts James, in the machine. Ghosts in the machine. Yes, there sure are. <laughs> yeah, sure are. Um, James, we're talking about the the original Ghostbusters because that's the only one you've ever seen, right? No, Kyle, we are not. What? Let me tell you something. Despite my initial sentiment of boycotting this movie and whatnot, I picked up a free copy from the public library. Whoa. Um, shockingly, library. it was it was readily available right there on the shelf. Wow. I couldn't it. No wait list or anything. Ghostbusters 2016, the one that came out this year. And I watched it, and we're reviewing it today. And we're reviewing it. So thank you for joining us, Josh and Andrea. Woo. Now, before we, we go any further, uh, we'll do our, our pre-thing that we like to do all the time. We'll, we'll just do a non-spoiler-based plot in case you want to go see this. I feel like if you haven't seen it at this point, you're probably not going to see it. But if you wanted to, uh, James, why don't you tell us what happens in this movie? All right. What happens in Ghostbusters? Well, what we have here is a disgruntled hotel employee who begins using these manufactured devices to uh, bring back the dead and have them materialize in various locations throughout the city because he wants to use these devices to rip open a portal and then the portal will bring out more ghosts and then said portal plus ghosts will bring will drag all of the fucking city and the earth down into the hell or whatever and oh you yeah. know fuck it Kyle, I Every, can't do it everyone's I can't. shaking their heads I can't do it I have no idea I can't summarize the plot I can't even get past the goddamn villain uh, I couldn't even describe what the ghostbusters do I, I, I somebody else help me. Bust please. ghosts? It might be. Not really. They do bust one ghost over the course of it. Oh, wow. good God! So it's kind of a demon. Who yeah. knows? Andrea, help us out. Can you give us a good plot summary, please? What happened? Plot summary. Please. Villain, as you said, hotel disgruntled hotel guy. Um, he reads a book, by whose authors we'll learn about later, and he gets the idea that he can rip open the barrier between the living and the dead. And release all these ghosts, uh, and thus bring about the cleansing of the world, or the end of the world. Uh, The authors of the book that he reads to get these ideas are Abby and Aaron, two of two ladies who end up being part of the team of Ghostbusters. Um, Aaron is trying to be a quote real professor. at a, quote, real university, while Abby is still chasing the paranormal at your local community college. Excellent, excellent. And there she is teamed up with Jillian Holtzman, who is a brilliant mechanical engineer. And they eventually partner up with Patty, who is an MTA employee who has a vast knowledge of the history of New York. When situationally appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And the four of them together uh, take on 
What's his name? Rowan. Ghosts. Rowan. Ronan. Ronan? Rowan? It was Rowan. Ronan? I wrote Rowan, Rowan Atkinson. That's right. The great. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> That would be an amazing villain. No, we Rowan. shall here forth right. refer to him as the Unabomber Either guy. Way. The Unabomber guy. The Unabomber guy. The Neckbeard. The angry Neckbeard. Um, that's a great plot analysis. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. So, needless to say, uh, this movie met a lot of shit after shit after shit from when it was announced all the way through the production, all the way pre and post it premiering in the theaters. So there's been a lot of stuff about this movie. So much shit. Yeah, so much shit. And uh, people here are eager to share their opinions. <laughs> Tensions are a little high. So let's break the ice a little bit and talk about our first impressions going into the movie, coming out of the movie. Josh, hit us with your impressions of Ghostbusters. My actual, like, act like them impression? No. Um, so I was going into the theater. Oh, come on, man. And I really wanted to see this film stand on its own merits. I love Ghostbusters. Um, but I wanted this to be a movie I could enjoy for itself, not just because it was resting on someone else's laurels. And I think what makes Ghostbusters, the original to me, a very strong movie, you've got three master comedians at the height of their craft diving into something which is partially funny partially a little spooky and has its own almost science fiction they came up with stories for their devices for even their car and they held to it rigorless rigorously when i watched this movie it had bits of all of those there was good comedy uh there was a little bit of spooky elements but i do not feel like the the mythology the science fiction aspect was existent much at all. That was really the piece that was lacking the most to me. Excellent. Excellent. Good analysis. Andrea? Going into it, I am a bigger fan of the Ghostbuster cartoons than I was of the original movie, um, but I still wanted to see it, and I also really loved the actresses from SNL that were cast in, their, in the movie, and so I was looking forward to it. Um, Though when I did see it, I was let down at, uh, as a movie. There was really poor editing, um, which didn't lead to any kind of character development, which is something I really love. Um, just awful editing. It was so distracting that I felt like I couldn't enjoy the actresses that I love that I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so many things just fell flat because of it. Yeah. Interesting. James? I'm up. Yeah. Okay. What was your, what was your overall impression? Well, I'm going to, at least initially here, Andrea and friends, show a little bit of restraint, and I'll just say total garbage. <laughs> but here are my reasons. I agree. Shocking. I agree. And what did you think before you were going to see it? <laughs> I, just, I just had a, a, a boycott on it. I, just, I, had, I didn't want to give it my money. Simple as that. Like, uh, just like I don't want to give a lot of things my money. But anyway. Independence um, Day Resurgence. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get that. Yeah, that was, oh my god, that was the worst decision ever. Actually, you guys spent a lot of money on garbage. I know. <laughs> I would have seen. It. I would have seen Ghostbusters three See, times for the fans. before I would have seen them. And you, you, Resurgence. you said this that I am Josh. I'm pointing at you right now. <laughs> he fucking told me like weeks ago. Like you have a duty to your fans to to see this movie because. Mm -hmm. Dozens of people, yeah. of, of, dozens of people, <laughs> dozens of loud and set fans are waiting for your. Anyway. All dozens. <laughs> there are dozens of us. Now nah, we got women. dozens. All right, here we go. Uh, but, what, but why did I think it was total garbage? Yes. Um, two. I'll have two main reasons that <laughs> we'll probably get into later. But one was, in fact, what Andre said: the poor editing. But I also lump in terrible writing with it. So the editing and writing were just terrible, absolutely terrible. It jumped around like crazy, uh, totally incoherent, completely incoherent. Uh, and then you couple that with just 
like joke after joke that falls flat. They're just not funny. It's not a funny movie. And so I can't, it doesn't even have like rewatchability factor. Once I was finished watching it the first time, I couldn't go back and say, all right, you know what? Maybe there are hidden joke gems in there that I could uh, salvage from this. <laughs> like there are, so there's not even like little gems of humor that I could salvage from it. Or the movie won't get better with age like the original Ghostbusters where you could rewatch like, oh, you know what? That's wittier than that. Ooh, it's, I wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> oh my God. So you combine like poor editing where it just jumps around so it's incoherent. So why would I watch something that's an incoherent story? It's like watching an a insane person just babble like myself. Um, plus, and, and it's not funny. So there's no subscribe redeeming to. Set, folks. It's just no redeeming qualities. Total garbage, Kyle. Well, I went into it uh, on a on a date night with uh, my wonderful Kira, who was then girlfriend, but is now fiance. What? Because we got engaged. Thank oh you very much. God. And with that, we're out of time. So. <laughs> No, everybody knows now, so I'll drop it here. Yes. Ladies, Kyle's off the mic. I'm off. Wow. Stop all your countless emails about everything. I mean, we, we we put the email address on here so we can get feedback about the show. Mm. But I mean... Not just Kyle's stunning blue eyes. Right. Yeah, I know. Just, James just, is constantly saying how attractive you are. Yeah, yeah every other email is like, you know, hey, I want Johnny Rico to come to my town. <laughs> can you guys record Loud on the Set live in... In Topeka, Kansas, so we, we want some Kyle. We like Kyle. Nobody fucking says shit about me. Oh, it's God. all about pretty boy Floyd over here. Uh, well, anyway. Kyle, I, I've said it a million times, but I'll say it again. Kyle is a dead ringer for Casper Van... What, how the fuck you pronounce his name? Casper Van Diem. Winkle. Diem? Diem. Casper Van Dam, or whatever the fuck his name is, from Johnny Rico from Starship Troopers. Look him up. You'll oh, be looking at Kyle. Boom. There you, there you go. go. All right. <laughs> Yeah, him, at, him at that age specifically. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. So my like now. now fiance uh, <laughs> and I went to the movie, and we we're going for fun date night. And I went into it with the expectation that this was the huge summer blockbuster, uh, and that was my expectation. And how many giant summer blockbusters have you gone to where you've walked out of it and gone, best movie ever? Yeah, maybe one. maybe like one or two that were good, you know. Mm -hmm. Mostly they're pretty bad. They're kind of or average. And this one hit the average bar just so solidly that that was the most disappointing thing for me. Um, you could see where all the money went, just like every other big budget production. The special effects they were amazing. <laughs> Great joke. Uh, you only have to what? pay the actresses. 70% of what you'd pay the male leads, right? D oh, ah. damn. There it is. So all what? that extra money <laughs> that they saved, they put in the special effects. When are they not good? We said it in the first episode. Well, They're I, always I actually good disagree now. with you on that one. I thought the special effects sucked. But well, whatever. was it in 3D? Did, I, I, saw yeah, did 3D. I see it in 3D? I did see it in 3D. I yeah. didn't see anything in 3D. It looked pretty cool. Anyway, but yeah. the, the horrible part was the editing. And it was edited in a way that... Like you were saying, every joke was confused because these actresses are really good at improvisation as well. And you could tell that they chopped this the fuck down at like the last minute and cut out so much of it and put different pieces together. There were like way like early takes and like non-funny takes that just had to go in to make things uh, continuous and make sense so there weren't just continuity errors all over well, the Kyle, place. Let me, let it was a disaster. Let me interrupt real quick. You can get back to it. But there's evidence of that in the closing credits. Yeah. They essentially put the cutting room floor uh -huh. material into the closing credits. 
we like, we want this to make sense why everybody's standing there and pointing off to the side. So yeah. here's the dance number we cut out. So that's what happened. Exactly, yeah. right? So what Kyle's saying right now is beautiful because there's evidence of that in the film yeah. itself. Like, yeah, by the way, here, here's where that scene probably yeah. existed, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, okay. I walked okay. out of it. I laughed a, a bunch of times. Oh, I, sat, I sat there and stared at the screen a bunch of times when jokes fell flat and I was uh-huh. like what is going on right now um, <laughs> no, you, I almost felt sad for yeah, the movie I was like was. there's something possibly good here and yes. it's just being destroyed that was, the, that was the part you could tell just from the beginning from the way that Sony and all the executive producers distanced themselves from it and all the shit they poured on it and everything that was spinning up to its release that it was just going to be a mess and it was a mess and probably somewhere in there is a good coherent narrative with some really funny stuff from these actresses and actor that were uh, presented in it but uh, unfortunately it didn't even get anywhere close to that well let me make another point and I think Andrea will help me out with this one to me it it felt like the director and the actresses and the actor all got very arrogant and cocky maybe not so much the actresses because I feel like they were victimized here like they they were the victims of bad editing bad writing and bad direction because I don't know if you've ever seen Curb Your Enthusiasm, but behind the scenes, they describe Curb Your Enthusiasm as not having a script, that they just put the camera on a scene. They say, by the way, by the end of the scene, someone needs to have like accidentally confessed to killing the cat, whatever it may be, some absurdity. Mm-hmm. And they eventually get that way through humorous exchanges that they improv on the spot. That's Curb's model, and they do it spectacularly. But it's Here, a completely, yeah, crazy different plot structures yeah. and things. You can't do that with I, something I like this. I felt like the director just pointed the camera at these, at these four ladies and said, you know what? Uh, the scene here is you're hiring a secretary and go. <laughs> and so they just wind up saying pointless, empty shit most of the time. It goes nowhere, so it's not funny. Oh, my God. And what do you think about that, Andrea? Well, I was going to make the point that the director was also the writer of this movie. Fucked up. Which is sometimes problematic. Yeah, so it's super confusing. Yeah. I little anecdote to offer, specifically about the... Uh, only male actor being the object of comedy. If you had to describe that character's positive trait, it is his... Attractiveness? Appearance. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I personally just loved sitting in the back cackling, a lot of the anger on the internet, I'm from the internet, by the way, (laughs) uh, was directed at the fact that the only representation of males in this entire movie was not that positive, and he was just there for jokes and for eye candy. Yeah, well, get fucking used to it. (laughs) And there's a wonderful picture of a lady just sitting back going like, oh, explain to me how bad that is. (laughs) I feel like this was someone trying out a different idea. We often do not see female-dominated comedies. We often do not see... Major release comedies, I should say. Yes. Nine to five with Dolly. I'm just kidding. A mainstream movie. Rarely <laughs> do we see a mainstream movie, a big summer blockbuster, fully. Especially. And if it was, it would be a rom com. Right. It would yeah. be not an action, maybe a little spooky movie. And not like new IPs and stuff that come out as well. That hardly ever do. Does somebody just say, "Oh, I've got this great idea. There's, uh, it's about this detective, and it's awesome." And then that ends up being female. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like it's a crutch for people to just go. And it's a guy and he's moody, and now we got plots to work with. Well, I'm worried that this was somebody's testing the water. Someone said, let's try a female-led action comedy kind of deal, and let's do it with a successful IP that has a built-in fan base and guaranteed to sell tickets. Let's do Ghostbusters. And they tried it, 
and it got so much pushback, I'm worried no one else is going to try it. I think it also was piggybacking on the success of the Star Wars reboot mm-hmm. and how much money that made. And I had a female lead, so like, you know what? We're going to do this, and we're going to put all the women in it. And I think that's a good a good point to make as well, because all the, all the buzz surrounding this since the beginning was all about the casting and all about what the um what the actual uh, the ghostbusters like the property that they were using that was the the huge big media disaster was the the crazy outrage to that and then the political response that was are you insane like why does it matter this is just like a like why are we even having this conversation you know Mm -hmm. this is stupid um and i think that definitely dredged up a lot of shit in that moment as well um but to just lack so much faith in it through the production and then post to where it didn't meet up exactly to the uh, budget that they spent and then they just decided, hey, we're not going to make any sequels. That's going to be the end of it. Okay, bye. And then what happens after that? Oh, they're going to make a sequel. They immediately go back on it and say, oh, yeah, we'll probably do that after they see all the sales of everything else. So. Well, the thing is they did make what they spent on it. They did make more than that. But, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it wasn't until after... Uh, the fan fame and the fan acclaim and the DVD and the action figures action and the merchandise that, that people are like, oh, Halloween up, yeah. there's money to be made from this. Mm-hmm. We should make more. Right. Okay, so so here we are. We discussed this a little bit. Let's talk before we <laughs> break and d- just devolve into the, the major conversation. Let's talk about favorite thing least favorite thing about the movie just go around the table so we have a little range here so we'll start with josh again gosh favorite thing um when i'm thinking about this movie what i was left with was it was able to make reference to the original in a little bit cheesy way but they had enough of the blessing of the original cast that i still felt like it was a Ghostbusters brand product. Uh, from the bust of Egan in the Physics Institute to all of the other mains, including Sigourney, making an appearance at some junction in the film, it really felt like it was... It had their blessing. Maybe it shouldn't have. Maybe it should have tried to forge its own path. But I do feel like that was appreciated fan service. That's going to make my next part sound really strange. (laughs) But when you look at Ghostbusters, there is a rigid idea. Like, they have the proton pack binds a ghost. It stops it in its position and allows you to control its position in space. The trap is really the thing that you drop underneath it that is able to pull a ghost in and confine it. And then you've got sort of the long-term storage. Their technology is very well understood. From the first movie on, you know what these things are, what they do. In this new movie, (laughs) they have a proton pack, but it doesn't really seem to be well-defined, and it is then immediately abandoned for... Grenades and shit. Yeah, in the shredder. (laughs) Version and and a train could smack a ghost into oblivion and all sorts of garbage. So it didn't seem like they had a real idea, a real concrete understanding of what a ghost was or what their technology was. I feel like from the first movie they got that from Dan Aykroyd, who's a crazy person who actually believes in ghosts, but he's got (laughs) an actual. He knows what these things should do, and he makes sure that they always do that. 
In this movie, there was way too fast a power ramp in terms of their technology to the point where by the last scene, why do they have proton packs? Yeah, right. They have far better, more versatile technology that or, they're just leaving on the bench at home. Or in the end credit scene, why do you need a containment unit in traps if you can blow them the fuck up? Which well, they were doing left be, and right. To be fair, so when stupid. you blow one up, so it discorporates, and then we'll recorporate later. So says who? Says Ghostbusters canon, yeah, sir. What? Says who? In this movie? No. No, no exactly. Ones. No, did not. All right. End <laughs> of the comic. All right. Go ahead. Andrea. Next. Well, I want to piggyback on his comment, and then I want to say my own thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> I felt like all of the ramping up of technology, of the grenades and all that stuff, was the was the summer blockbuster spin that, you know what's not going to sell women with proton packs? we got to have give them grenades. we got to give them shredders. Merchandising. we got to give them all this stuff to make it cool and sexy because they're... Unfortunately, only in jumpsuits the whole time and not showing any skin, so we got to make it flashy and sexy some way. Um, yeah, that was my interpretation of that. Is okay. that why she licked the gun? Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> I have. Well, I mean, you want to get into the licking of the gun? No, no, no not, not yet. Not <laughs> yet. Do, do favorite and least favorite. We favorite, least favorite. Yeah. Least favorite was yeah. The wait, I missed your favorite. Or are we yeah, starting with least favorite? I'm going to start, oh, okay, I'm gonna start with my least oh, favorite that's part. that's great. I like that. <laughs> least favorite part was uh, how the incoherence of the film just discredited what was being presented, and I hated that. I hated that, like, oh, this was like a really cool, possibly, like, girl power movie, like a sci-fi action movie for women where women are not sexualized, and this is the bullshit that I get. Yes. This is the bullshit. Thanks mm. a bunch. This is the terrible, wow. terrible editing and disaster yeah. of a film yes. as a movie. At the same time, as a movie. Yes. Yet at the same time, the only thing, that I feel like the saving grace of the entire movie that they were able to keep was the visual representation of women in a mainstream movie. How they looked, what they wore, how they moved, how they expressed themselves, the kind of jokes that they made. They didn't have to make male humor. They didn't have to have women doing male humor. They were women doing women humor. And I was like, at least there's that. At least I got that out of it. And I could appreciate that. But you really have to, like, you really have to empathize and you really have to pull and, like, look for the silver lining of this garbage this, it's this, a stretch this piece say, of yeah. garbage yeah. yeah and like i appreciated that but like if i was just a regular I'm, i don't want to say that if i was a lady who wasn't so hell-bent looking for that kind of stuff in movies already then i wouldn't have seen it yeah interesting james all right least favorite thing i already said it once I, i've decided right here on the spot <laughs> i i hate the fact that it's not funny ever more than the editing and because it not being funny makes it totally unwatchable for me because again, if it's choppy and incoherent, maybe I could, you know, like, oh, but a funny joke's on the way. Yeah, just stay tuned for a little bit. Did you, wait, I, I want to know, was there any point in time where you went, huh? You want me to tell you? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> here's, my, here's my ironic moment. Right at the beginning, I, I got three, actually. Three. Okay. But right. the first one is ironic, and it's not part of the movie. I told this to Andrea at one point. <laughs> To me, ironically, one of the funniest parts of the movies is during the opening credits when they're showing the Columbia logo and all the production studios logos. And then suddenly on the screen, Ghost Corps, a Columbia <laughs> company, appears. And I laughed out loud because I was like, they really thought that they, they were going to have a total spin-off company after this. Like, because like, I've read about it. 
they they think that they're going to have Ghost Core, a subsidiary of Columbia that will produce more movies, television shows, merchandise. And I started laughing right there. It's like, no way, this movie's going to suck so bad that this <laughs> idea alone will fall on its face. It's like it's like investing in fucking I don't even know what. Whatever. Couldn't finish that Enron. joke up. Enron, yeah. Yeah, like you could have put an Enron logo up there. Anyway. Alright, but for real. When did I laugh for real? That was the yes, joke. Yes, that, that was, was like, the yeah, question. Two parts, and I'm being totally honest. With you. Yes. Andre knows this one. Number one, they're, uh, spoiler alert, right? They're, they're going after the disgruntled hotel guy in that basement, and he's about to... The Unabomber, yes. He's about to throw the himself against his machine. And Melissa McCarthy's character, what's her name? Abby. Abby is trying to essentially talk him off that ledge. Do you remember this? I do. Alright. And she's saying, come on, man, don't do this. She's got a proton pack ready. The Ghostbusters are all lined up. It's a tense moment. The bad guy might do something drastic. And Melissa McCarthy's trying to talk him out of it. Yo, come on, this, the world is so beautiful. There's so many things to live for. There's a, uh, and she's racking her brain. There's a uh, soup, because they've, had that, <laughs> shitty, they've yeah. had that shitty soup gag that hasn't worked the whole movie. She said, there's soup. And uh, uh, Patty, help me out. And Patty just goes, salad? <laughs> and I... To be honest with you, I was like, ah, and I laughed at that point. Yeah. The other time was in the mayor's office when, uh, <laughs> what the hell's her name, Holtzman. The mayor says something outrageous, or one of the mayor's henchmen says something so outrageous, and Holtzman just goes, what? I just thought that was quirky, so I laughed. <laughs> All right, um, that's it. That's it. Uh, those are, those are I'm glad you asked me that, because that's the only part that I liked. Those three <laughs> little tiny morsels of the movie. Done. Go ahead, Kyle. I thought the wonton thing was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Oh, well, oh my god. Oh, sorry, god. I should let you talk. Guys. Yeah, good. No. Tell your your I mean, your favorite uh, oh, my and favorite your least yeah, favorite. I did mine. Uh, okay. Um uh what's my favorite part? Oh, that's good. Favorite wow. part. We <laughs> professionals right this now. This is radio Kyle. Favorite <laughs> part. Okay, okay, so my least favorite part is obviously the fact that every scene clipped by at a just ridiculous pacing because the editing was a disaster. There was no there was no clear start to finish to anything, and I felt like every time I blinked, I, I was it like I had just jumped forward, like skipped the you know the chapter button. Yeah, let's talk DVD for a second. Instead of the fast forward button, it was like accidentally hitting the chapter button, and I'm like, why are we here now? Right now why are we? are we? Who the fuck is that? What is going on? Another weapons <laughs> yeah, test. Exactly. It was so choppy and and just incoherent. Um, well, Kyle, can I give you one example of that that I wrote down? Because yes. I don't, we don't have to. I know you, you get can. the bell here because you want to cut me over times. No, that's okay. But at one point, I wrote this down for the. <laughs> at one point I wrote this yes. down for the poor editing I wrote down jumps all over the place we went from when they first went to the firehouse and of course they couldn't yeah. afford it so it went firehouse then there was the, the re redundant food joke because the delivery boy came again so uh -huh. firehouse delivery boy dancing around with the fire extinguisher terrorism flyer and then Thor comes into the room. That was one sequence of this movie. Mm -hmm. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do. Remember look that. at that yeah. insane sequence. It's too much. Yeah. What like? And I wrote down. That's one sequence. What the fuck is happening? Mm -hmm. Just pointless dead end dialogue and yeah, like oh, yeah. you what you said is best. Hitting the next button. The, the chapter the button. Yeah, yeah, moving along. All right. Do you like yeah. that example at least a little bit? That's a perfect example right I think, there. I thought Kyle summed it up perfectly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Need no metaphors. Uh, my favorite part, honestly, of the movie was seeing the leads interact with each other in, um, in a lot of the scenes. Because there were times where there was enough of a coherent situation where 
they got to spend time together on screen and they had good chemistry with each other. I think the, that there were points where that was clearly evident and the points where they definitely did not have good chemistry together were also present and you could see immediately what was affecting that and it was the insanity that was around them. There were lots of scenes as well where you could tell that they were entirely uncomfortable in the green screen environment yeah. that was going on too. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was atrocious. There were, I mean, that huge battle scene at the end. Oh, good God! Was, I mean, they we'll, looked confused. We'll devolve like... into that, but yeah, it was just like they told them to stand out there, and they were just like, "Go ahead and pretend like you're killing all this stuff around you, and we'll literally edit in whatever you do to fit mm -hmm. the situation." Mm -hmm. Instead of like having things like be there that they could interact with, and they were like, uh, "Okay." Ah, waving wildly around and just looking completely uncomfortable in And these situation. are sketch comedians. Yeah. They're not big budget actresses. Uh -huh. I mean, maybe Melissa McCarthy Incredible has done stuff like that. Incredible improvisationalists, too, which you can see is a big flaw in a situation like this with the big budget blockbuster, mm -hmm. the plot that needs to go ahead, and the, the cornerstones that they need to hit to move it along. So, yeah, that was my well, least Well, here, thing. I got uh, to, to go back to... The, the terrible editing. And the what did you think, Josh? Josh? Oh. <gasps> Why does he keep doing that? Looks like he ghosted. He ghosted. <laughs> he literally ghosted again. Unbelievable. Yes, you may have to disinvite Unbelievable. him. Unbelievable. You stick around, you know? You get invited, you stay together. First Hotep, he hangs out for a little bit and it's just gone. Uh, Maybe he's consistent. Well, anyway. He left um, a weird residue on the chair. Though, here's a so. comment, Kyle. I, I appreciate you and Andrea. It's very moist. You're both... What? <laughs> roll with it. Anyway, with it. I, I don't know what you're talking about. The, um, <sighs> I appreciate your analysis. It's spot on. And I, I want to contribute to this spot on analysis. Yes. May I try? Contribute. Uh, something, that was something that was brilliant about the original was... <laughs> this fucking guy. This bell, by the way, was brought in... Just because everybody in the room fucking feared that I'd go off on this thing. I know, I know you. The bell, the bell was, was the, the diffuser of long conversations. Yeah, all right. Well, you see... Can I make my point? Yes, make point. You're going to like it. All right, fine. You're going to like it. In the original, the original flows so well and the story is told so well, partly because, not totally, but partly because they have good transitions and establishing shots. And the soundtrack complements that. If you're going from a goofy Venkman scene where the music is right, and then suddenly you're in you know Dana's apartment and something you know frightening is about to happen, the music reflects it with a long shot of her apartment building. That was nowhere to be found in here. Little movie making tactics like that will save your editing. The See, tone, right? Yeah, right, Kyle. It helps your tone. Tell your audience. By the way, we're shifting into. You get the fucking idea. Yeah. Like, and we get the idea. <laughs> this totally. is a perfect that a point. That's a great point. It's a Thank great you. point, right, and it's a perfect segue into my next point, which is I own the DVD version of this film. My boyfriend does, actually. I oh, watch it. Did you buy a bootleg? No, I bought it online. Shit. It's like, you know, the digital copy. You gave him your money. That's the problem. All right, anyway. Can I finish my story without being interrupted yes. by a man? Thank you. By a man. I just got interrupted for like 10 straight minutes. This fucking place. All right. So on the DVD, there is what is called the extended version, which really feels just actually like a director's cut, but it's the extended version. And in that extended version, I've seen it twice now. I've actually only seen the theatrical version once, It's so, but it's so different than the theatrical version that I, it, it's so apparent. 
all of these things that you wish and are suggesting that this movie should have, mm -hmm. it has, <laughs> which means that it was shot. Those um, character developing scenes, the relationship between Abby and Aaron that actually makes the ending seem like realistic and not so like, why is that so weirdly out of place and cheesy? Uh, the <laughs> jokes are actually like one on the other. There's only one weapons test scene and Ooh. it makes sense because Holtzman is describing what she's building and then they go outside and they test it. Wow. I know. And then the jokes, most of the jokes, they're not in it. There's like a different version of that joke or it's completely yeah. pulled. It's incredible. It's like a completely different movie. It's a good version movie that I thought I saw there was a possibility that was in there in the theatrical version, but I just wasn't sure. But DVD proved it. That makes total perfect sense because you could feel that from watching it because you could feel investment in in the people that were there mm -hmm. and then you could see that around them nothing it was like looking through a hall of mirrors at a television that was playing like a movie on the <laughs> other side and you're like what the fuck is going on here because everything was so construed and warped and and augmented in so many different ways so that makes perfect sense to me. I think it just made me more angry that this piece of garbage, garbage <laughs> was put into theaters for the masses and there was actually a good version that was shot. It was actually there and they purposely cut it out. They well, cut it out. They shit. cut it down because they were afraid and then they decided they were going to put in their crappy make more money version instead of something that they would have had to commit well, to. Well, it, it feels rushed, too. It feels like they slammed up against a deadline and oh, just it, threw something out there. It feels very last minute, like somebody yeah. went in and, like, the top person came down and went, nah, fuck that. <laughs> Change it all. I, yeah, I, Kyle and Andre, I wrote so many, I wrote so many times because we're getting... Yeah, that guy was like, too much women. Too much women. <laughs> fuck that. Because the editing and the writing go hand in hand. You have bad writing. <clears throat> bad editing can expose bad writing, right? Like, if you chop scenes up enough, then suddenly, like, that didn't make any sense. Why did you just say that? Blah, blah, blah. And I have so many examples of that where I wrote, did anybody proofread this? Like, um, Hit it. Uh, for example... Um, you have a list. James I have, I have so many lists, but I, I just have a couple <laughs> examples because I think we agree that the editing causes the writing to suffer even more so uh -huh. if there was anything written. Uh, in the firehouse, when Melissa McCarthy's character is like spooked and she, just before she gets possessed, she's creeping around the firehouse like she's scared out of her fucking mind. And I wrote down, you are a ghostbuster. What are you fucking scared of? This is like supposed to be your thing. And she's like, uh, hello? And she reverted to a total chicken shit. <laughs> you know, she's a ghostbuster. Second example of that. It doesn't happen in the theatrical version. Or the, it doesn't? I mean, in the extended version. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? She, exactly like, opens up the bathroom and noon's peeking around. It's like, I wrote down, like, you just got finished kicking a few of these things' fucking asses all over the city, and now you're like, hello? Because she was afraid to be alone in the Ghostbusters headquarters. It doesn't make any sense with no, her character. It, no, it's not in the extended version. I mean, it, it is right. in the extended version, but there's, like, all the stuff leading up to it where she's like, what the fuck is this? And then it gets creepier, and then she's like, uh, hello? And then she deals with it. But, yeah, she's not alone. She's with Holtzman and yeah. Patty. Another example of that is uh, at the rock concert, Patty, they split up to go find whatever they have to the find. The rock concert. The rock concert. As Patty's <laughs> wandering the hallways, it's the hotel scene, if you will, yes. from the original. Yes. As Patty's wandering the hallways, she's mumbling to herself, what a son of it is. I had a good paying job at the MTA, la la. And I wrote down immediately, I was like, you opted into this. That that just goes to show you they spent no time on character development, writing. They didn't QC, QA the script at all. Like, 
she demanded to be part of the team, Kyle. She did. So why would you be like, oh, I had a good job. Why am I here? Woe is me. Bullshit. You wanted this <laughs> fucking thing. All right. That's a couple of nitpicks. I love to nitpick. I know you do. All right. gonna, we all agree that it was poorly edited. Okay, but and, nitpicking is fun. And there was some poor writing as well. That's that's one of the other things that I've kind of forgotten about to this point because, wow, this movie came out like six months ago now, yeah. which is mm-hmm. crazy. And I, I had thought about it a lot before I saw it. So here's a funny story. Um, accidentally, I don't know how, ghosts maybe, uh, my computer saw an early version of this while it was in the theater. I don't know. It must have just popped up on my screen or something. So I watched uh, the first five minutes of this movie Mm -hmm. on my computer while it was still in the movie theater Mm -hmm. to see if I was going to go see it. Because I knew I was going to go see it. And I was like, all right, what am I in for? So I watched these first five mysterious minutes that showed up. And while I was watching it, I was really confused with what was going on. And I think I mentioned this to you before, yeah, James. I'm glad to bring you up. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? It was that first scene where they're in that weird house and they're, mm-hmm. and yeah, that dude's the giving the tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everything he said was so, like, fell so flat. It really did. And did, like, a, a horrendously terrible job. And that guy's a great actor, too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait. Now, you know what is wrong? I mean, obviously, it's because I'm watching this on my stupid computer, you know? So I closed out of the terrible window, and I was like, okay, I'll go see it in the theater, and everything will be fine. So I went to the theater after that, and I saw the same exact sequence happen, (laughs) and felt exactly the same way, and knew immediately that it was going to be trouble and that that was going to preclude everything that came after it. And you can just see it from, like, the first frame. I don't understand how that got past quality control. <laughs> this whole experience, I don't get it. Because the industry is run by men. That is true. Oh. <laughs> now, can I, can we change gears? So I yes. Wait, no, I, I need to piggyback on that, and then we'll change gears. Can oh, I piggyback? come on. No, real quick. We get it, it's bad. No, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> because I felt the same way as Kyle. The very first scene is, like, is, is a little uh, microcosm of what the whole movie is because there's three jokes that fall totally flat on the face. Face bidet. They had a face bidet. They had the anti-Irish security fence. This is where P.T. Barnum dreamed up of of enslaving elephants. I was like, are these jokes? I had to, I, re, I told Kyle, I rewound it to watch. I was like, this cannot be the opening of the movie, you know? Those first two jokes aren't in the extended edition. Holy shit. Anyway, bad. I know, isn't that incredible? All right, so they you have knew that. It. That means they knew it they was knew. bad. It was, That's it exactly was, right. It, it was, was so bad. symbolic because right away you have flat jokes, you have terrible writing and editing because he winds up running right to the door that he had warned thousands of tourists to avoid. And he goes right for it and runs down the stairs. And he goes, Oh, you idiot. And right from the setup. And then the special effects sucked. Right there, I was like, that's going to be the whole movie right there. Right from the Boom. setup, it just followed. That was the, the my final point on why I was disappointed with this was that it felt uninspired in terms to, uh, to take any liberties with the plot or with where they were going to go with the movie. It was like, hey, let's just do exactly Ghostbusters except with the female cast. From, from the setup to how every scene that played out, like you were saying, the rock concert is the hotel scene. That intro scene is like the library scene at the beginning. And everything played the trope. And maybe that's playing to the intellectual property and trying to stay in line with what the other two films were or anything. But 
I thought they could have taken so many bigger chances with that and gone so many new places with their with their cast that was like ready to do it and ready to go. Yeah, and so they just like broke canon. Right. Of like 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 Josh was saying, he's not here. Yeah. But with the <laughs> they're like yeah well, with the weapons and the ghosts and how right. you, you know they only trap one ghost in mm-hmm. the whole movie. And Thank you for bringing that up. And if you're gonna, gonna and if you're gonna track and try and make it in part in that universe, then why would your cameos by the actors that came back be them in new roles that they weren't themselves in. That was confusing. That didn't make any anyway. I was happy to see the cameos, but Yes. Ah, they were so let's forced. let's switch the gears, Andre. You wanted to present a point. So I bring us bring us someplace here. new. I wanted to present a point because I've been thinking about the theatrical version and like how I could find the saving grace of some of it. You know, you really have to pull from it. And then I had to think about what are the type of movies that are mainly directed at women, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the possible, another possible saving grace of this movie is that. So I went and looked back. Do you guys want to hear the movies that were out that weekend that it came out or the female movies that came out in 2016? Neither. I'm kidding. <laughs> the week and in 2016. Okay. That was my version of the bell ring. Anyway. <laughs> Trying to make a point, I something mean, different, and you're I like, mean, "Oh, I can't see past my own viewpoint." I'm loving this point. Do it. <laughs> the worst. All right. So <laughs> that weekend, the movies that came out were *The Secret Life of Pets*. Good God. *Ghostbusters*. These are the top ten, by the way. The okay. Top ten grossing. *Ghostbusters* number two, *The Legend of Tarzan*, *Finding Dory*, *Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates*. The Purge, Election Year. The Purge. Central (laughs) Intelligence, The Infiltrator, The BFG, Independence Day Resurgence, The Shallows, and Sultan. So pretty much other than Finding Dory, there's no other movie that has a female lead that opened that weekend. Uh, The Shallows. Oh, The Shallows, yes. Was great. The Shallows, okay. (laughs) And, but to point on that, The Shallows is really... Hot Blake Lively in a bathing suit for two hours fighting a shark. Mm-hmm. And she's ha- got mom issues though. Wow. <laughs> Actually, she loves her mom. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. I about thought that. I would increase the <laughs> what you were talking about. Though. But I mean, <laughs> Ghostbusters is ultimately that weekend the only female-led movie where women can actually fight and use weapons and roll around and jump around and they're in jumpsuits. Right. They're not having a sexually expli- explicit image being forced on the audience. Mm-hmm. And there as women, go. just yes. being women, eating sandwiches, pizza, no one eats salad, which I really appreciated. Which These are my maybe things that you guys just don't notice that happen a lot in women's movies. Um, and then for 2016, the movies that were directed at women, these are their titles. How to be single. You ever seen a man movie with that? A, man, a movie with a male lead that has that title? Yeah, Hitch. Hitch? With fucking Will Smith in that. Oh, fat you're right. Cell. But that's still just but a I romantic Hitch comedy. Hitch was all about him hitching people. That's to true. Each it's other. the exact opposite. Yeah, of single. But it's like a <laughs> it's single like, guy. It's like how to hook up with babes. All right, I take that back. It's the exact opposite of how to be single. All right. It's how to not be single. It's still a shit movie. But anyway. Then the next one, <laughs> The Boss, with Melissa McCarthy, where she plays a. Um, uh, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, an idiot that gets thrown around and, oh my God. Then the third one, The Choice, a Nicholas Sparks-inspired movie based on one of his <laughs> books. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. Oh, God. Do you guys see a trend no, in no all these women-based movies? 
there's a different one, though. The Girl on the Train. Yeah. There's a suspenseful thriller. I haven't seen it. I've heard bad reviews, but Yep, whatever. it's incredibly sexualized. Oh, is it? Yep. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and then the next one, Bad Moms. Oh, my God. Just from good, the title already. God. And that actually has With actresses. Mila Kunis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those has actresses in it that some women look up to. And yet, and yet, mm-hmm. The Shallows. I want you guys to see The Shallows. <laughs> it was pretty good. I might see it. My, somebody else recommended it. I enjoyed it. Here. And it, it did have good, uh, I mean, sexualized, of course, the, the subject matter in general. But the um, the character herself and the the situations and the the plot uh, surrounding her and her family is all very... It's all very good. I think you'd like it. It almost distracts from her half-naked body the entire movie. Yeah. And well, it really paints <laughs> it paints a picture of her as like a, a very independent thinking female. Well, I'm glad. I am so, glad yeah. for that. I'm glad for that. But yes, she is in a bikini, getting scarfed by sharks most of the time. Me before you, <laughs> which is another romantic comedy that is supposed to it has the girl from um, Game of Thrones. She, do you guys have you guys heard of it? It's a, it's a it's a. What's it called? Me before you. He's like in a wheelchair, and he's like gonna show. She's trying to show him like, hey, you need to live life. Don't kill yourself. Whoa. Anyway, <laughs> the <laughs> only thing that women can do. Um, Jesus Christ. The Suicide Squad. Oh my God. <laughs> and then three movies that might have like interesting female characters, which I haven't seen unfortunately. Moana. The Disney cartoon movie that just came out. Haven't seen it. The Witch. That's interesting female characters. We did that. We did that. Uh, I didn't listen to it because I want to see The Witch and I don't want you guys to spoil it. Oh, see it. Yeah. Yeah, you will like it. And then Jane. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for indulging me. And then Jane Got a Gun with Natalie Portman, which I also have not seen. Interesting. Those are all the female, big female lead movies. That's a fucking nightmare disaster. And. So these are what is pushed on me as a woman, because I'm sorry, like, social media, it knows you're a woman. These are the things they push at you. Anyways, it just made Ghostbusters actually not that bad. Yeah. Well, in comparison in the, to what is out there. And again, it, and again Isn't that sad, how though? many of these movies exist with the all-male cast, and that everybody goes, oh, it's fucking great, I love the action-packed, the special effects and stuff. There's a whole... The, the majority of movies are marketed in that way because the majority of people seeing those types of movies and seeing movies in general when you look at charts are the people that they're marketing them towards, which are the, like, dudes that are going out and seeing them. Um, and that is not the face of reality anymore at all. And yet, the pandering still goes on and on and on. Well, and I don't want to criticize anyone who does enjoy those films. James, I know you enjoy Love Actually every year, so I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't want to criticize. But at the same time, I, I do want people to think about the images that are put out in mainstream and what the kind of effect it has. Mm-hmm. The, con- yeah, over to the absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, take a serious tone no, to this. Opt out. Just fucking opt out. Like, but then that could be like watching nothing. So, you know, it, it, like that's that's where we diverge a little bit in our, you know, social critique of these things. Like, um, but I don't. I don't get. I don't get mad that the NFL is like all oh, the like. For example, to draw a parallel, like I don't get mad at the NFL. I don't expect the NFL to provide a gentler, more 
nurturing version of of mankind and of men in general because I just don't give a shit about them. So I totally tune them out and they have no impact on my life. Mm. So if more people just did that, but instead it's like, I really want to just continue throwing my money at you. So can you just please tweak yourself a little bit to be more digestible to my evolving worldview? How about you just leave them in the past and they'll resign themselves to the fucking dustbin of history? Fuck them. Fuck Hollywood, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, I agree oh, with please, you. I hope the next Ghostbusters is just a slight bit of an improvement on the family. Like, fucking look for where it, where it actually lives. Lives. Go to, you know, we're in the Bay Area, you know? But go to then, a lecture every night. Then the counterpoint to that is the we have this podcast right now because we grew up and have seen so many cool movies and I've had so many experiences with films that are sci-fi, fantasy, Jurassic Park, all these fantastical things where we can insert ourselves into the film and feel like we're part of it as guys in most instances. Mm -hmm. Like Starship Troopers. Right, exactly. (laughs) You can literally be in the film. You could be that guy, Kyle. (laughs) But, and then to to not have that and to to not present that equal, you know, uh, opportunity for everybody to have their own experiences like that um, seems, you know, genuinely unfair. I don't know necessarily, like, when you're talking about it with your <coughs> worldview and everything mm-hmm. and it, it being a detriment to everything, it normalizes a, a culture that is definitely skewed and sexist. But it's, again, it's not that deal-breaker situation where that is what people should be looking for for political activist change and everything. But... It's a. I've enjoyed movies to the point where we've got this podcast and we're talking about it, and I would love everybody to be able to experience that and have those uh, memories and have those wantons and desires to see films like that too. Thank you, Kyle. So Thank you, Kyle. I, and, I appreciate that part of the point. And yeah. I did not buy into. I didn't buy. I didn't go see any of those movies. I do want to see The Witch. I will say that, but I I haven't bought into it. The only movie I have, you know, went to since Star Wars was Ghostbusters. That's hella cool. That was the first movie we went to. Dude, The Witch is so up your alley. You love it. Because it had some representation of the direction that I wanted. And to piggyback on your point you were saying, Mm -hmm. one of the other things about Ghostbusters that many women I saw repeat on social media, not just my own social group, but in articles that were coming up, was... When I did watch the fight scenes, the last fight scene especially, yes, okay, we don't need to tear it down. We know it was bad, right? Mm-hmm. But, but, I didn't realize it until I saw it that that was the first time I had ever seen female leads fighting in tracksuits, not tracksuits, jumpsuits, where they're not being sexually exploited. Yes, Kate McKinnon, Holtzman's character, does lick a gun. But I felt that was her expressing her sexuality because women should be allowed to express their sexuality. And I did not feel she was being exploited. She was expressing herself. And the suppression of her expression is just as bad as exploitation. So that was the first time I'd seen that. And I didn't even know that was happening until I saw it. And I'll admit, I'm going to tell you right now, America listeners... Here it comes. James hates this. I teared up. Oh I God. teared up at that scene because <laughs> I was realizing what I was seeing. And I was like, it didn't even matter that it was like 
bad CGI and it made it was so incoherent and didn't make any sense to the plot and like what it's breaking canon it didn't matter it was just that visual representation of woman fighting I was like I've never seen this and I just didn't know how badly I needed to see that and I just think that's sad that it was there in that garbage of a movie mm -hmm. that that image was there and it's just like Oh, <laughs> that was a fucking mic drop. That was a pen, pen, yeah. pen throw mic drop. But well, I was pissed and emotionally moved at the same time. Wow. Excellent. We are just about out of time. Oh Does anybody God. have a final uh, note or um, anything they'd like to say before we bust this ghost? I have so much that I wanted to say. This is this has been maybe one of my worst podcasting days of my life. <laughs> I thought. I, your restraint. I have restraint so bad. Can I just nitpick a little bit here? Can you give me a little you, bit more? You have exactly one minute to say whatever the fuck you want. Are oh, you ready? Man. All right. Are you ready? You're going to it down in like 20 seconds. Two, one, hit it. All right. At one point, they described Princeton as having their science department is not what it used to be. What major university has a science department? By the way, something just crashed. Yeah, it did. That was really frightening. Speaking uh, of ghosts. Keep going. All right. Fuck. You should have paused that time. <laughs> Uh, the force jargon was terrible. At one point, they're referring to things as class four versus class three versus T three versus T four. So they weren't even like consistent with their stupid jargon. Uh, there was a fart joke. I must. I wrote down on my notes, Kyle, when they were in the lab and they they listened to the tape and it was a fart. I wrote, "Oh my god, I might stop this movie." I wrote that down. I laughed. Keep going. Oh, I like god. Fart jokes. Thirty seconds. And what it, else? And I like that it was had a woman spin on the fart joke because she said, "I don't know which." Yeah, could it came. Is it scary that <laughs> it came front. out the front? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill, Bill Murray's cameo was really painful at, from start to finish. Uh, at one point, the fucking, at one point, the 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 Ghostbusters themselves like oh, he's using seconds. he's using the devices to open up the portal. Hey, stupid! You haven't met the villain yet. How do you know he's doing anything? You don't know that anybody's placing these things here. It was so fucking bad. And my 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 thing my thing my last thing just give me this last thing, is that the characters were so shit. That everybody has the same sense of humor in this movie. <laughs> in the original Ghostbusters, you have uh, the dry, wisecracking Bill Murray. You have Winston, who's your blue-collar, like, everyday man who tries to, you know, keep everybody sane, essentially, right? Like, I, I've seen shit that'll turn you white, you know? Everybody, the, the mayor is like a hard-nosed mayor, right? Um, the EPA guy's a dickhead, right? In this movie, everybody is what I like to call, what did I write? I wrote this down. Everybody's like... Uh, like the fashion police style snarky uh, like you know you ever read like sassy humor you know like the mayor himself was like a sassy fashion you ever read those stupid ma magazines like Us or People and at the no. back they have fashion police you never read no. oh fuck this is just not working out <laughs> ding me every character was the same in this fucking movie everybody was a mumbling sassy wise ass there was no like range yeah, even we, the we even agree. the FBI it was guys. Poorly edited in the, in the writing. Even the, the FBI thing. guys who were supposed to be the henchmen from there were like, "Your siren is distinctly un-American." I was like, "Is everybody in this in this movie like, oh my god?" You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but I'm sassy. I'm the FBI agent. But be a fuck. The oh, thing fuck. is, it's not right, in the extended it. version, so I feel is like is it not all of it? Yeah, actually, there's an extended portion that goes oh into this uh, FBI or whatever, the agent, right. and it's actually pretty funny. And, yeah, each girl has a... Yeah, they're similar, because when you're hanging out in a group, most of you have the same type of humor, or at least you can understand it, but they're all distinctive in how they do it. Holtzman is, like, the weirdo. 
Aaron is like a little too overtly sexual in the awkward sense. Abby just wants to get things done, and Patty's keeping it real. Chia. Um, yeah. Guilty as charged. I'm surprised you actually didn't like the joke the um, at the end where Aaron's confronting the mayor, and she's like, you're worse than the mayor of Jaws. I laughed really hard at that. Oh, yes, I remember that. That was I a good I, joke. I think I, I just wrote down that. restaurant scene. What is happening? I also really like the part where she was trying to get in, and they're like, oh my God, she thinks the windows are sliding doors. Yes. God, she's a scientist. That's just, I'm just embarrassed for her. I laughed at that, too. I did, too. Louis Tully did a hundred times better. Wow. <laughs> Louis Tully, the key master, right? When he was banging on the restaurant window, somebody let me in. Again, another cheap callback. Different joke. <laughs> For different folk. Oh, and on that note, or speaking of men. speaking of extended edition, <laughs> we are out of time. Ghostbusters 2016. We've got to give it a grade. What a ride. Oh, shit. Give it a grade. Josh, what do you think? All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Andrea, grade it. As a movie? Yep, unfortunately. Oh As a movie, C minus. All right. As a, wait, as progress for <laughs> women representation in mainstream films, specifically summer blockbusters, I give it a B. Yeah. <laughs> I know, is that sad? Isn't that sad? <laughs> I gave you the list of what was available in 2016. Oh my god. That's a B. That's your list is quite lacking in like foreign films and independent films, by the way. You, I mean, you could find It's a mainstream stuff. movie. We're talking putting, about I'm, Hollywood. In right, application right, right. to its genre. James Grade it. <laughs> Kyle, this one, I we've had four movies in our pod, in our 70 mm -hmm. odd podcasts that have been F's, like straight F's, and yeah. that's the visit. In no particular order, In right? no particular order. In no particular order. The Visit, Ant-Man, Jurassic World, and Independence Day Resurgence. I'm giving this a solid F, and I'm putting it... And those are your grades. I think I gave some of those a little bit higher grades. This is yes. this is slightly better than Independence Day, but worse than Jurassic World. Wow. So if, I, if I had to rank them... If I had to rank really? Them, if I had to rank them, I think I'd do Ant-Man... Oh my God, Ant Man! We have to really go through all of this. Jurassic yeah. World, <laughs> it's happening. Jurassic World, The Visit, Ghostbusters, Independence Day Resurgence. It's second to last. I give it a D. Only yeah. a D because I knew what I was getting into going into it. I think that's the difference. I mean, I think you're forgetting that too. Is that we went into it, and we we knew what we were gonna get. We saw from mm -hmm. the previews. We never even talked about the terrible previews, but oh, we knew previews. we Total knew disservice. going into Total it disservice. that it was going to be bad. So that's why it gets a D. Anyway. Wow. With that, <laughs> we are officially out of time. Thank you, Andrea and Ghost Josh, for being here. Uh, this was a nice chat. I enjoyed this. See the extended version and then get back to me. Okay. I will. Thank you. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> I don't expect anything more. I will. And maybe I can vouch so hard that James will just die. Maybe he'll just die. I don't know. He will never get back in here, though. I mean, it still breaks canon in the extended version. So, you have to get around that. For the Joshes in this The room. Joshes, yes. <laughs> Loud on the set with Kyle and James. You can check us out on YouTube and iTunes. Anywhere you can find podcasts, we are there. Send us some mail. Loud on the set at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of Ghostbusters 2016. Send us some. 
Jones, you're allowed to that call the best part. Go. That was the best part, I forgot. <laughs> Just the revisiting of the main oh, theme. God. Even though they dubstepped it and that made me really sad at one point. Did they? Loud on the set. Thank you all for listening. If you haven't seen Ghostbusters, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, see the extended version. See the extended version, apparently. Andrea's going to super vouch for it. Um, yeah. and, uh, and with that, go see some good movies and have a wonderful time. See you later. Hi. And cut.